Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. That is a short little video of our Super Service Saturday that we just did a couple Saturdays ago. Uh, we had a great response. We had over 75 people from this church come out and show love. and Yeah, applaud that. That's awesome. <laughs> Showed love and compassion to our elderly, to those who are in need. As you can tell, it was a great day. Uh, we visited uh, and sang in Christian, uh, Christian uh, care. And then we had uh, a group of old ladies. They, they, oh, uh, of wise ladies, I should say, young ladies that have made lots of blankets. We have a blanket for every person that is in Signature Healthcare, and we're going to take them to them here soon. And, and then we had people help with the logistics of the Angel Tree Ministry, and then we had various groups of people in multiple houses across Wells County cleaning and, and picking up uh, leaves and sticks, and so it was just a great day. It was just a great day. I want to lead, read just a little response that I got from a couple people that we helped. Uh, the Grace and Mercy, we painted a an apartment for them and it says, you know, they were just so thankful for the crew coming to do this work. The apartment's going to be housing a male resident that is trying to get his life in order and churches and individuals that support what we do makes this possible um, to, do, uh, to do all we do as we strive to make Wells County a better place to live, work, and play. And then, and then from a couple that we helped who said that they just can't get around to doing the task of chores and helping outside. They have MS and one has a bad heart and just were so thankful and blessed by our efforts here and just were deeply appreciative of all the men who came out to help. And so guys, that's you. And so thank you for just responding to the call to be compassionate, to think outside the walls of this church. Last week, we went through this verse in Matthew 25, where it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and clothed. And it was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. The, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And so we said that this verse is about compassion. It is about enabling us and pushing us towards seeing people the way that Christ does with his own eyes, doing things for the least of these. And so we desire that this county, Wells County, our community that we live in, would come to know this church by that identity, that they would notice our compassion and notice in that compassion our Savior who is radically transforming our lives by dealing with our brokenness and our sins our desire was that, is that that would be a mark that people would know this church by. Generosity and compassion and service. That is an identity we look forward to building together with you. And so we're excited about doing these things. And I want to thank all of you who came around and helped us. Know this, we're, <laughs> we're planning another one. We got another one underway already in the planning sessions. And we're looking forward to more of you joining into that effort. And so compassion is in our forefront with an authentic faith behind it. We labeled those attributes as important in our efforts of going and telling, preaching the gospel, making the gospel known to the world. As we enter into week four of our series called Go, Empowered to Make Him Known, those were attributes that we talked about in weeks past. But this week, we're going to turn our attention towards the idea of sacrifice, the idea and the thoughts around sacrifice, of what we sacrifice, how we sacrifice, and how sacrifice creates different realities in our lives and those around us. And look, this isn't unfamiliar to you. Many of us sacrifice all the time in this room. 
We, we know the rewards of sacrifice because we can sit here freely and talk about Jesus. We know the rewards that sacrifice gives us in this country. But sacrificing sometimes can be hurtful because we sacrifice so much for people and they don't respond with gratitude and grace and generosity. So we've all walked through that. And today we want to walk through how sacrifice is used in our work of going and telling, of making God known, because it's a different kind of sacrifice. It's a different kind. It's seemingly more risky, and it comes from a different source. And that source is the selfless love of Christ. Selfless love informs our sacrifice. There was a, a, a lady in, in 1962, her name was Gladys Kidd, and she put an, an advertisement in the local San Francisco Examiner, an ad that said, uh, that her husband, this is true, that her husband had been convicted of a crime that he did not commit, right? And so she wrote, please, I don't want my husband to die in the gas chamber. I will offer my services to any prominent lawyer out there of 10 years of service as a maid, a housekeeper, or a cook, if you will take on my case. And so this man, his name was Vincent Hellion. He's one of the, the prominent lawyers at the time in San Francisco, he saw the advertisement. He had pity on this woman. He contacted her, and he took on the case, and he ends up setting this man free. He, he's found innocent in a court of law. And afterwards, uh, the lawyer goes to this woman and she says, look, I'm not going to take your offer of 10 years of service. Um, it is enough for me to know that I saved an innocent man. Now, how many of you would be willing, if you couldn't have the financial means, to, to offer yourself in 10 years of maidship and housekeeping if it meant saving your husband's life? I think a lot of us would. I'd probably not put myself up for 10 years of cooking. Nobody really wants that. But we, we understand that, you know, sacrifice, uh, it's, a, it's a selfless love. This woman had a selfless love. And, and that is one of the most, in, I would say, intoxicating elements of humanity is when we see selfless love. And, and we have new cycles right now like that are just hard. They're hard to watch our news cycles. Despair, hopelessness, anger, hostility. But when we're watching the news and we see somebody sacrifice and not expect reward, those stories refresh our hopes that maybe there is good in the world. So selfless love and sacrifice just does something to our hearts. It resonates with us. Yet as Christians, we know this. We have a stronger kind of sacrifice even yet, we have a stronger kind of love within our sacrifice. It's a love that is willing to give the ultimate sacrifice. And it's, it's what Jesus talks about in John 15. It says this in John 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. We as Christians don't just carry around this thought of sacrifice as a nuance of life. It doesn't come from good intentions. It is commanded of us to do these things, that we would love people in a way that would even get to the point where we would ultimately lay down our lives willingly for our friends and our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. And that could, yes, be physically, that we would lay down our lives, that we would love people that much that we lay down our lives for a brother and a sister a friend or a neighbor, but it also means abstractly that we would lay down our lives and our, our rights, that we would lay down our rights, our privileges, our comfort, our pleasures for the sake of others, that we would lay them down for somebody else. The author of Hebrews writes this in Hebrews 13. He says, 
Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Uh, what I think is very interesting in this is that this author starts out with speaking of praise as a sacrifice to God. Because I, 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 think, I think it's great, because I, when I think of my own life and how difficult it is at times for me to speak praises to God of the many blessings that he has given me in my life, because I'm so focused on the negative things that are going on in my world. I'm so burdened by the things that aren't going well that I miss the blessings. And I, I, I don't know if that's just me. I think that's a lot of us in this room, that sometimes we just get weighed down with the hardships of life and we miss the goodness of God and how he's blessing us. And look, I think this is a subtle way the enemy, the enemy uses this in subtle ways to rob us of the joy of life and demeans our lives. And so our awesome God knows this. And that is why he says, sacrifice your praises to me. Sacrifice your praises to me because if we are sacrificed officially praising God, it renews our hearts. If, if we aren't giving this area of sacrifice and giving up this negative lens, dropping that part of our life and seeing the goodness of the Father, seeing the goodness of God, having my heart reminded of his blessings and the greatness of him, if we can do that, then our sacrifice, sacrificial lifestyles towards others become much more easy because we come to the realization that through my praises and my thanksgiving to God, that my Father has already cared for me so well. He has already given me all that I need and all that I deserve in this life. And so it's important to, to not underestimate how important this sacrifice of praise is because it enables us, it enables us to do good and share what we have with others because we in our hearts know the goodness of God and the sacrifices he made for us. And so we're going to walk through three lenses. And this is the first lens that I want to walk through. Three lenses that are biblical in sacrifice and they will help propel us in our efforts towards going and telling that if, if we can get into these and, and honor God with our sacrifice, it will position us well with opportunities to make the gospel known. And so the first perspective that comes out of that idea that we just talked about is that this is his sacrifice for your salvation is always greater than any sacrifice you're willing to make. Therefore, you are to sacrifice out of gratitude and not for gain. His sacrifice for salvation is greater than anything you'll do. You have gained salvation through Christ's death on the cross for your sins. He has laid down his perfection to take on your imperfection. He has given you a righteousness that is not your own. He has made you worthy of God. He has given you his position in front of the Savior, in front of the Father. Your worldly sacrifice come out of gratitude for that kind of generosity that the Lord gave to you. How could it not? How could it not come from that generosity from gratitude towards that. His sacrifice is always greater than any sacrifice you're willing to make. But listen, that's not what your heart and your flesh want to hear. Your heart and your flesh do not naturally lean towards that kind of selflessness and sacrifice. If it does, all sorts of alarms are going to go off. Beep, 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 beep. Houston, we got a problem here. Because your heart and your flesh does not want to surrender that selfishness in your sacrifice to the Lord. 
And so we have to confess that. We have to let the Spirit take control of that area in our lives because, listen, your heart is not going to bend towards selflessness. It is going to bend towards selfishness. It just bends that way. And what you become, if we just continue to walk in a selfish sacrifice, is a whitewashed tomb where you may look like a Christian, but your deeds speak otherwise. You look the part, a whitewashed tomb, but your sacrifices have strings of selfishness in them. I remember a few years ago, working with, when I was working with students, I would scholarship kids to go on trips. And what people didn't really know is that most of that scholarship money came from my pockets because I had like a really small budget to deal with. And so there was one time that I scholarshiped this kid to go on a spring break trip with us to Florida that we take every year. And this kid was just a pain the whole time. He was just a pain. He was, he was arrogant. He was disrespectful. He wasn't obedient. To say he was a pain was, was minimizing the issue. And I remember hanging this financial sacrifice I made towards him over his head. <laughs> I guilted this kid. I came to him and I said, do you not remember that I paid for your trip? Could you show me a little bit more gratitude for this? Why are you such a pain? Can you not figure this out that you're only here because of me? And it felt good. <laughs> it felt good in that moment. But the Lord just, he does this pops up this question, did you pay for this kid to come here because you wanted him to show you gratitude? Or did you pay for this kid to come here because you wanted him to know me? Yeah. My heart was in the wrong spot. Right? I had to admit that my heart was in the wrong spot. My attitude was in the wrong spot because I was looking to get something out of my sacrifice. And I wasn't, there wasn't anything that I could gain. I, I gutted him, but it was wrong. When we as believers, followers of Christ, sacrifice, do you know that you are owed nothing? You are owed nothing in your sacrifice. You and I have nothing to gain in giving away our gifts out of sacrifice to the Father and for the Father. We give because he first gave us. We have nothing to gain because through Christ we have already gained everything that we need we have salvation through Christ. We have justification for our sins through Christ. We have a righteousness and a, and a good standing in front of the Father through Christ's sacrifice. Your sacrifices on earth will never amount to that singularly or, or collectively. Your sacrifice will never be greater than the sacrifice that God has give to us, given to us. And so if we can move towards that reality, let God move our hearts toward that. It will create immense opportunities in our lives for the gospel to be moved. The second perspective that we want to paint today in the area of sacrifice is this, is that it is impossible to love people with a problem or a need without in some sense sharing or even changing places with them. It is impossible to love people with a problem or a need without in some sense sharing or even changing places with them. All real life Changing love involves this form, this kind of exchange, where you sacrificially lay down your life, your rights, and your privileges and pleasures for the concern of another. I think the area that we see this the most in is, is in parenting. Like, consider parenting. When your kids are born, what do they have to offer you? Poopy diapers, right? Nothing. They are completely dependent on you, right? 
They are completely dependent on you. They cannot operate as self-sufficient beings, independent agents in this world. They just, they cannot. And so if they are, it is going to take the parents giving up much of their own independence and choices for years, right? For years. If you don't allow your kids to get in the way of your personal freedoms and your personal choices, if you only get to your kids when it doesn't inconvenience you, then yes, your kids are going to grow up. Yes. Physically, yes. But not in any other arena. They will be emotionally dependent, needy, over-dependent. So the choice is clear for us parents. You either sacrifice your freedom now to enable them to walk in the same sort of freedom and independence that you know. You must become less, and they must become more. You must be willing to enter into their dependency on you so they can eventually experience the freedom and independence that you have. And so a sacrifice that it doesn't inconvenience you in some ways, that doesn't cause you to get lesser and them to become more, isn't a sacrifice. If you don't have the understanding of a sacrifice uh, that, if you don't have the understanding of sacrifice and it doesn't come with the pretense of being inconvenienced in some way, in the way that you give or the way, the way that you act, then, you, then you're not sacrificing. If we're not risking getting hurt, getting messy, losing something, sacrifice involves risk. It, it can't exist without us risking personal loss. Because sacrifice that is about making the gospel known to the world is an investment in people's lives. It's an investment. This is our third perspective. That, like sacrifice is sowing an investment into God's creation for God's glory. Look, we sow sacrifices all the time. If you want to get a new house, maybe is at the limit of what you can afford, you're eating some ramen noodle, right? You're not going out to places. You're building up a down payment. You're sacrificing that short-term, that short-sighted thing for a long-term gain. You're doing the same thing with a car. We sow sacrifices all the time into those things. We sow sacrifices into our body. There's a body that I want, right? And so I'm, gonna sac- I'm not going to eat that cheeseburger for this month. Well, I'll start that tomorrow or the next day, whatever. But we sacrifice those things to get out our, our desired body. And we are passionate and we are fervent about those things. But are we as passionate and fervent about sowing sacrifices into God's creation for God's glory? Do we carry that same sort of enthusiasm? Because look, there's no, there's no present value, no value in the present in, in sacrifice. Those who give them those sacrifices have to understand that they're long-term investment for God's glory. And they're an investment into a very volatile market, namely the human heart. The human heart is a volatile market, and that means this. You may never see the results of your sacrifice come to completion in your life. You may never see those results. When you are committed to making the gospel known to people, when you're committed to going and telling, you will find that it doesn't always end the way that you hoped it would. And sometimes I've had this mindset of, mathematical mind, uh, mathematical mindset when I, when I sacrifice uh, and give towards other people that I think this, like, 
all right, Lord, I, I'm going to walk through this really tough spot in their life with them. I'm going to get messy. I'm going to choose to walk with them. And then at the end of it, Lord, they're going to know you, right? Their hearts are going to be transformed. They're going to have a different understanding. I, I think that way. You know when that happens? Zero. Never happens. You can pour time and time and time and effort and energy into people, investing into people. And it gets so frustrating because you thought, well, Lord, I, I walked through them with this season and, and I thought we're going to read this book together and at the end of it, they're going to have this different understanding. But they don't have any different understanding. In fact, I think it's worse than it started with. And it's so frustrating to people to see that because you risked something so great and it didn't pay off. You challenged them. You didn't see the type of change in their life that you hoped for. But listen, that's, that's the nature of the beast. That is the nature of the beast with the human heart. It's a volatile market, but it's a long-term investment. I, think about the stock market. I don't know, many of you probably have retirement funds, mutual funds, stocks. If you watch the stock markets, you see this kind of volatility, volatility in, in the short term. There's a lot of this thing going on, ups and downs and everywhere. In 2008, the S&P kind of went down and everybody lost a lot of money and people were freaking out. But do you know over the 90-year history of the S&P 500, what the average yearly increase is, growth rate? 9.8%. Over 90 years, the stock market has grown 9.8% every single year. It's a long-term investment that we put into people's lives, not short-term. It's often said by people who are investors or stock market gurus that it's, it's time in the market, not timing the market that cause growth. And I would say that that same thing is true for our sacrifices towards others for God's glory. Don't focus on the moment. Don't get caught up in all of this volatility. Don't have a long-term perspective. Keep sowing into that person despite it not making sense. Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors ever, he sowed into the stock market when it didn't make sense. He bought when nobody else was buying. And we have to sacrifice when it doesn't seem like it's working. Because listen, there is always a return when we sow in God's character, God's nature, and God's truth into people's lives through our sacrifices. There's always a return. And it may not come from the person that you're sacrificing to. They may never get to the place that you hope them would, they, they hope that you would get to. But in that scheme of things, that investment may have a return because maybe your sacrificing changed you. And that's an investment the Lord is willing to make. And so those are three perspectives to understand sacrifice biblically and to help create fruitful efforts in our going and telling. His sacrifice for your salvation is always greater than any sacrifice that you are willing to make. Therefore, you are to sacrifice out of gratitude, not for gain. Second was, it is impossible to love people with a problem or a need without, in some sense, sharing or even changing places with them. And the third one is sacrifice, is sowing an investment in God's creation for God's glory. And so with the rest of our time, what we want to do is turn our attention towards those last two of those six kind of evangelical styles that we see present in the Word. I have been nice to you. I've listed all six of them in your bulletin with information, verses, cautions, and themes. Uh, my hope is that you take those and you look them over and that you would process with the Lord how He has wired you, that you can go and make God known to your families, 
to your workplaces, by using uh, the gifts and talents that God has given you in the approach that maybe speaks true to you. And so we're going to walk through the last two. We have uh, the Samaritan woman's invitational approach, and we have the uh, Tabitha serving approach. So the first one is the invitational approach. In the Gospel of John, there's really a really great interaction between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. She's getting water at the well, and, and, and Jesus asks her at this well for a drink of water. And it shocks this woman because Jesus was of Jewish descent, and, and Jews and Samaritans have a long history of tension towards each other. The Samaritans were people who, after the Assyrians captured Israel in 700 B.C., I think it's 732, they intermarried with the Assyrians. And then after the Assyrians left, they were forced out of Israel, they stayed behind, these Jewish people who intermarried, and true Jews called them half-breeds and despised them. They despised them so much that the area of Samaria was uh, between the northern and southern kingdoms, and, and true Jews would even walk around their country. They would even step foot in it. And so the fact that Jesus is talking to this woman is pretty scandalous at this time if you were a Jew. But Jesus, in his motivation of compassion, talks with this woman, and she is filled with wonder and awe with the person of Christ, so much so that it says this in John 4. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. And so this woman, she doesn't know exactly what happened, but she knows that something happened. Something profound happened. She knows that Jesus matters. And the reality is, is that there are many, many, many of you who have a profound and deep relationship and a love for the Father, but you lack sometimes feeling articulate in how you communicate that love and that deep affection for Christ. But you're not afraid to invite people. And so for you, you invite people to come talk to people who can say the words that you want to say, can tell them about who Jesus is in the, in the way that would ring true to their hearts. That's invitational. Maybe you're a little afraid to, to speak those words, but you can invite. I can invite them. I'll bring it in. Christmas Eve, they're going to come here. Now the caution in this, the caution in this kind of style is that we would just allow ourselves to sit in some sort of complacency where we allow other people to do for us what we should be doing. That we would just allow other people to communicate Jesus and not ourselves grow in our knowledge and our doctrine to inform somebody else. That's not what God would have for you. He doesn't have a desire for you just to sit complacent. He desires you to grow in doctrine and knowledge. And so that's a caution in this style, but it is a style. The second style that we see that we want to talk about today is Tabitha's serving style. Tabitha is mentioned in Acts 9. It says that there was a disciple named Tabitha that was always doing good and helping the poor. She dies, and Peter miraculously brings her back to life. Tabitha embodies Matthew 5. We talked about this two weeks, Matthew five, two weeks ago. Matthew 5 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. There are many of you selfless 
selfless people out there. I've met you. You're incredible. You may be a little timid, but you love to care. You love to serve. You love that stuff. The great thing about the gospel is people can see who Jesus is through the way that we care and we serve them. And there are many people in this world who have grown weary of life and actually have grown weary of church and church people. Maybe, just maybe, somebody actually being the words of Jesus and not just saying the words of Jesus might refresh somebody's soul. Maybe you're that type of person that just loves to serve and to sow into people love and care. Leverage that for the kingdom. Serve for the kingdom. The caution is that, is that uh, sometimes uh, St. Francis of Assisi has this quote, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. That's kind of a famous quote. Uh, the, the problem with that is, is that this world and this culture would love very much for you just to go about doing good works, but never proclaiming the name of Jesus. They would love that if you would just not talk about it. Look, serving and caring people authentically for Jesus is important, amazingly important, but they will never come to know who transformed your heart if you don't tell them. They'll never know who transformed your heart and why you serve the way that you serve if you don't tell them. And so the caution in this is that we can just hide behind our actions, noble's actions, and never claim the name of Christ to anybody. This world would love it, but, but right, we, we have to communicate who Jesus is. And so we use our words as well. And so these are the six styles that we talked about. Direct, intelligent, interpersonal, testimonial, invitational, and serving. And so I just pray that you would take some time over the next week or month or whatever and, and look at those six styles and read through them and pray that God would help you process who you are, how he wired you, because here's the deal. This isn't somebody else's job to go and tell. It's, it's our job. It's the work that God gave us, his people. It's an eternal work that brings satisfaction to our souls. It's not for the superstar Christian. It's not for the rock star Christian. It's for everyone who proclaims the name of Christ in heart in life. We are all to do this work. You just have to figure out how. And so we're walking into a season where we're going to be flocking together with lots of different people that sometimes we struggle with, right? Those holiday get-togethers, there can be some struggle in that. So here's my, my hope for you. Here's my plead for you. Would you consider being emboldened enough to use how God wired you to make God known in your relationships this holiday season? that you might pray before you go to your get-togethers. Uncle Sal is going to be hard today. Lord, will you give me a heart of compassion and generosity towards Cousin Sal, that you would look for opportunities using your gifts and your talents, the way that God wired you to make his kingdom known on earth. Would you be so bold to pray that this holiday season? Because we're going to flock together. You need lots of food. Or are you going to talk about Jesus? Is he going to be in this at all? So that's my prayer for us, that we would use this time as we get together around the holiday season to kind of leverage our gifts for God. And so to close today, uh, we're, going to, we're going to remember why we're here. We're going to remember that ultimate sacrifice that Christ made for us on the cross, that he died for our sins that he has made peace between us and man, or us and God, not us and man. 
And that is the good news. That is what we are telling. That is what we are using these gifts and these talents for, these, these styles, is to tell the good news that God has made peace between us and God, himself. And so we're going to come together around the table of communion. And we're going to remember what Christ has done for us through his sacrifice on the cross. The bread represents the broken, broken body of Christ. The blood represents the blood, or the, the, the juice represents the blood that was poured out for our sins. And so we're going to come together and remember what Christ has done. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you reflect? Would you get your heart right with the Lord? Would you even think uh, about the areas of compassion and authenticity and sacrifice? Would you allow the Lord to speak into your life in those areas? That he would move and convict your heart to move closer to him in those realities. Because it's important for us to draw closer to him in those attributes to empower us to make people known. And so just to remind all of us, this communion time, it's a time for the family of God. For those who believe in heart and life that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, that he's, he saved us from our sins. And so if that is you, join us in the table after you reflect. But listen, if you're in here and you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, know this, you're why we exist. And we love you. <laughs> We're so glad that you're here. But understand that this is the time for the body of Christ to celebrate. Those who know Christ, those who profess Christ, to celebrate what Christ did for us. So let's pray. God, we, we just come before you and we praise you. We praise you as a good God who has given us more than we ever could repay, more than we ever deserve. Your sacrifice on the cross is everything to us. And so, Lord, help us to have an understanding that what we give away in our sacrifices are given away because of what you've done for us, that, that we aren't owed anything, anything, because we've already given, been given all that we need. And so, God, I just pray for us that you would move in our hearts in a way that we would seek truth and understanding in this area of sacrifice. And God, give us just a vision of conversing and going and telling even the people in our family, our friends around this holiday season, that we might leverage the gifts the way that you wired us to make you known. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in your son's amazing name, Jesus. Amen.